Happy Black Friday. See? It's a good thing. Black Friday. Is it, is it black because we ate too much? No one's ever answered that for me. No one's typically excited about it. This, this go-around, it's probably... It's a good thing, COVID, if you're the security guy at like a Walmart or a dollar store, if they have, God, do they have Black Friday specials? I don't know. But, or Family Dollar, if you know what I'm talking about, if you've ever seen one of those. But this whole online e-commerce because of COVID Black Friday concept has got to be a breath of fresh air for the dude that has to do door security when all the low lowlifes just crash through in Chicago or Dallas or pick your city when they when they open the gates for all the all the ground grazers to come in crashing through the door for a $200 flat screen. I mean, that's every year. We're missing out on those horrifyingly hilarious video clips that we see that for me seem like they're from another planet. I just don't understand human beings and it wouldn't have totally shocked me or won't. I mean, it is still Friday, November 27th. There's a few more hours left in Black Friday. Maybe maybe some restrictions are going to be lifted. Maybe people will crash through a Walmart as a peaceful protest and therefore no one can, can stop them. But I know there are just a lot of Walmart greeters and security guys out there that are totally thrilled that this year it's all online. It must have been the best Black Friday for them ever. God bless them. Hopefully we can just keep it that way. I think that's one new normal I would like is to not have people trampled in the name of a discount on an air fryer. God knows what these people think they need to line up and batter each other for to buy to save 30%. It's pathetic. I'm sorry. And so nice that we don't see that this year. Unfortunately, this Thanksgiving, we have endured the holidays knowing that our election was stolen every day. I've said this a few times. Every day that passes is another day we see something new. We see some pretty out there things brought by the Trump team too, especially Sidney Powell, who's not officially on the team. We've talked about that. But I mean, still, what we've seen and and what we'll talk about today was pretty... Pretty intense, I think pretty exciting based on what we've been waiting for. If you look at what happened in Pennsylvania on Wednesday in that that public hearing they had in in Gettysburg, that was exciting. That was putting faces and names to the allegations, right, to the affidavits. I I said this before, that's what they needed. And, and, And they did a good job with that. I was wondering how it would play being at a Wyndham Hotel, not being at the Capitol. I think part of that is just logistics. This was short notice. And this was the introduction of our our new hero, State Senator Mastriano, former Army colonel, just a total badass, a guy that's all about fixing this problem. And he was smart. You know, he took this committee of his, it's the House or that's the Senate Majority Policy Committee and whatever it is, it was an avenue for him to get this group together, give the president a chance to speak over the phone and give Rudy Giuliani a chance to go through his opening statement and bring on witnesses, and it was impressive. And there has been some interesting coverage since then. It has been mentioned, um, and it put information out there that people just hadn't heard. By having someone speak 
to their affidavits, speak to their allegations. We had a chance to get a different tone, really put some emotion behind it, and it made it more believable. And that's what we're going to see on Monday and Tuesday in Arizona and Michigan and in Nevada on December 3rd. So I'm very excited about that. Now, since our last discussion, Sidney Powell filed. The Kraken hit Wednesday night. Now, unfortunately, the Kraken is a legal filing, so these things don't have an impact right away. I've read through most of both. Um, It's interesting. Both don't start with the Dominion system allegations. She does a nice job of compiling affidavits of the typical as she says, sort of, she calls it like, in quotes, ballot stuffing or just old school cheating. You know, the stuff we've heard about and known, we've known it's gone on, but now it went on at a systematic and just major level. And she filed not only in Georgia, but in Michigan, which is pretty impressive, at least from a volume standpoint. I mean, that's got to be a lot of work. And yeah, you've probably heard about the spelling errors and the lack of spacing. Well, some of the most famous known Supreme Court cases to change how we live our lives we're riddled with spelling errors i think part of it is just urgency and the fact that sydney powell's out there waging a war uh, for public opinion in the court of public opinion at the same time trying to get real legal work done pro bono based you know relying on donations she's got a staff something tells me it's not what the competition has and so these guys are doing their best and yeah there were some spelling errors it it makes me feel pretty good when the competition focuses on that for them to ignore the allegations that i read both there's just a lot of eyewitness accounts of late night ballots in in to summarize ballots that were counted that shouldn't be now it's important to understand that Sidney powell's case is still relying on the dominion angle and it's going to be very hard to prove may be impossible. We have to be ready for the fact that the Kraken, that Dominion and Smartmatic legal cases are more about just adding some flavor and adding some impact to the constitutional cases that Rudy and his team, the actual Trump legal team, are prosecuting. Because if we're at a point where we're depending on Sidney Powell to prove to these judges that these systems were accessed remotely to cheat, that these systems were accessed manually on election night and a couple days after to cheat, it's going to be hard, even with eyewitness testimony. Now, I read into that quite a bit. She has a couple heavy hitters for witnesses on her side that have both written sworn affidavits that have analyzed the information. And she actually adds in her exhibits, you can access these online, computer logs that show IP addresses and access events, right? Think about a computer log and not to get too computer sciencey here. Not that I could, I could pretend, but you can see ChinaNet. You can see that there was an outside line access, which is not supposed to be the case. You're not supposed to be connecting to the internet with these systems, which makes sense. Yet Dominion and Smartmatic have actually talked about that as a bonus feature, as something that is a good thing. Yet it, by any election standard, any of these governing bodies, you're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to have an outside internet connection. Well, these guys, these former hoods, data analysts, you know, these guys are like um, NSA types. They're no longer with the government. They're, they're on the record under oath saying, here's when it happened live on election night. They say they can prove it. This is going to be hard to explain to a judge. As I read through the testimony, as you look at the logs, 
you're going to have to have somebody who is excellent as at simplifying the complex because this stuff is complex. Let me tell you, it is hardcore coding. You're watch, you're looking at boring page after page of these logs, but they're real. I don't know how they got them. There's definitely you can see there's a third party that they used to access what is apparently still public publicly accessible on the internet, but it's interesting and it is definitely evidence. And of course she has her witnesses that talk about how it works. They can add context to somebody who says, well, how do they cheat? They can speak specifically at how they've done it. One guy can as far as Venezuela and how current currently it's done and how it can be done live on election night. You start putting that together with the actual numbers, right? With what people are showing is going on when you shut things down and you supposedly are no longer counting yet vote dumps which are statistically impossible start happening in the middle of the night well you you have a you have a real case if you can connect that dot to the data analysts and the guys who are reading the computer code and explaining it to a judge live in court that's precisely what Sidney Powell is relying on evidence from Rudy's case, witnesses from those cases on the constitutional side. And, and essentially, they're, what I mean by constitutional is they're proving these concepts we talked about as far as equal protection, right? They're proving that the state legislators were not given the power to decide the time, manner, and place of election, the date, time, manner, and place as it reads in the Constitution. Or they're proving constitutionally that people were given chances to do things with ballots in certain in some counties and not others, right? And they're of course as a part of that proving the overall just fraud, right? As far as our vote, if you make a legal vote, we are certainly not protected equally when there's thousands of illegal votes being entered that completely eliminate our vote, right? Just wipe them out by the thousands. So he's got that evidence in there. It has to, in front of the Supreme Court, link up with what Sidney Powell's doing. She has to draw on some of that. If she could show what Rudy's saying, they're both talking about this in their cases, both Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. You asked add Lynn Wood in Georgia, and of course, Rudy Giuliani. They're talking, everybody's got these statistical experts. They're very compelling. I mean, you got guys like the guy from Princeton. You got this guy Brainerd from the Voter Integrity Project. These are experts. They talk about the numbers that cannot be achieved or the illegality, you look at numbers of votes versus who's registered or who requested ballots. We'll talk about that in, in Wisconsin. It's a huge deal. You know, that has to start building the story. And then if you can line up the computer logs and you could show when things happen live, that would be helpful. Now, I'm not sure Sidney Powell will be able to access these systems. Part of her lawsuit in Georgia and in Michigan is to is demanding that these Dominion systems be seized, right? She's basically trying to get access to evidence so that she can take what she's learned and what little bit she's been able to access and build on that when she and her team, especially her team, can get their hands on these systems, at least a few, from these specific precincts in these counties, like the two in Michigan that, or I'm sorry, in Wisconsin, that Trump has sued for a recount, right? He spent $3 million. It's happening right now. It's an audit in Milwaukee County and in Dane County. Those are the big blue ones. That's where they cheated. So there'd be no point, as I've said before, spending more money and it would take a lot more time to do an audit in other parts of Wisconsin. So you got Sidney Powell in Michigan 
and Georgia throwing a two-front lawsuit, I honestly don't know where that's going to go. Um, I think her case is going to be stronger in Georgia. She talks a lot about fraud and irregularity in the beginning. Then she gets to the Dominion machine and Smartmatic fraud. I'm wondering what her tactic is. I'm glad she added these real affidavits, these real statements from people. I think the courts are going to need to see some of that to give her a chance to present evidence. And I think she's still trying to gather more with regard to the Dominion and and, uh, Smartmatic machines. Now, a real interesting piece will stay on Sidney Powell here. I'm going to look this up because um, she made a really interesting statement in an interview uh, earlier today. She's mentioned before, you probably remember, you know, how she's talked about payoffs, right? She talks about money exchanged um, for favorability towards Dominion. She she claims that happened in Georgia with the governor, uh, Kemp, and Raffenberger, the secretary of state, that they took money, essentially, I mean, you know, um, in forms of like, what they talk about is like a separate LLC. And it's really interesting. You've got the secretary of state of Georgia actually working a consultation job at the same time through a private company set up. That's going to be really interesting if they can prove that. But, you know, Dominion has received some favorable, favorable last minute treatment to be the vendor providing voting systems. And so she's talked about money exchange and she alluded to it really. Well, now she's come out and says she's got pictures of check stubs, but this is different. She talks about people being paid to ballot harvest, right? To go out and work and, and basically gather ballots and either help someone fill them out or really fill them out themselves. It's not legal, but it's been going on. If you're familiar with what's happened in Southern California in past elections, ballot harvesting was the Democrat tactic of Election Day. They go around and mail-in ballots are, are critical for this. And they, they harvest, right? You have people that don't know or forgot they have their mail-in ballots sitting in the mail pile. Hey, have you voted yet? I can help you with that. Meaning, you know, I'll make, you know, I'll help you fill it out and I can make sure it gets turned in. And they certainly turn it in. I mean, unless someone's like me and you try to talk me in to voting for some leftist radical psychopath or the old man that has no idea where he is, I don't care how old I am, how infirmed I am, you're going to have to break my arm to make me fill in a ballot for a Democrat. So maybe those ballots get filled out the way they're supposed to. Something tells me some of them might not make it because we've seen pictures of ballots in trash cans. So the whole ballot harvesting concept is is trash itself and there's a reason it's not legal it's been going on there's evidence plenty of it pointing to third party organizations doing it for the democrats well sydney powell says she has pictures of check stubs paid to people to ballot harvest again you got pictures of check stubs can you prove what they were paying for sydney powell has been around the bend plenty of times she's a professional at this she's tried hundreds of appeals cases She's got to know what she filed in Georgia Wednesday night, what she filed in Michigan, and all these things she's talking about have to get to some level, some burden of proof. Now, it's not the same as a criminal case. I think I mentioned this before. It's not this, you know, the other guys are innocent until proven guilty. O.J. Simpson's the best example, right? Found his way into getting a not guilty verdict with Johnny Cochran and his team Shapiro and those guys in the criminal case. And it was like five years later, he had to sign over his life in the civil case to um, Nicole Brown, Nicole Brown's family. And it was at Goldman, uh, the, the boyfriend, you know, he basically beheaded the guy, the guy who came up and, you know, was not supposed to be there. And she forgot her glasses or something. He's dead. So those families sued 
uh, for wrongful death, and it's a different burden of proof. It's not the same high standard as in a criminal case. So that goes for anything. So Sidney Powell's reminded people that she doesn't have the same burden for a civil case, and that's what this is, right? This isn't criminal yet, and I do think that is going to be a criminal case. I just think the FBI is going through this slowly and probably does not want to influence an election. They certainly wouldn't in favor of Donald Trump if you had any of the high administration types have a chance, you know, the Comey types. They're not down with Trump. We know that. Um, But so Powell's out there in her lawsuit and now verbalizing it today, Friday, Black Friday, that she's got pictures of money exchanged for ballot harvesting. That would be tremendous, right? So her point, and this goes to the larger point, we need to talk about this, is what is the strategy? Well, we saw it develop in Pennsylvania, and there's still two of them, but I think the one that's taking a stronger form is you take your legal case to the courts, but at the same time, you take it to these state legislatures, like they did in Pennsylvania, where it's Republican-controlled. Well, this was huge news today. Today, Mastriano, two days after the hearings, he said, he was talking to Steve Bannon on Bannon's podcast. He broke it there. He said, we are going to convene. We're going to pass a resolution taking our power back to control this election and to control the electors, which need to be selected and sent on December 14th. What he means is they had authorized the Secretary of State, and then after that, the governor to be the certifiers, right, of the election and the selectors of electors. That sounded great, and it came out okay. That's done if they can pass a resolution, not a bill. So when you hear people on the news and anyone talking about a veto, they're wrong. The governor in Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf, can veto a bill. He can't veto a resolution, and Mastriano talked about this. This resolution, if passed, will bring the power back to the state Senate, to the state house in Pennsylvania to control the outcome of the election, right? If they see enough evidence, they can say and vote on one, just not certifying. So a big goose egg gets sent instead of electoral votes for Pennsylvania. The other thing they can do is go opposite of what the vote said to do because they said this is fraudulent. We've seen enough. We know based on the data, I think this is less likely We know based on the data and the information and the evidence that Trump got more votes. It's within our right. We'll send the electoral votes in favor of Trump. That's what they'll send Republican electors. Now, Mastriano did indicate one thing. He said, you know, what's wrong with us doing this to give the courts, the Supreme Court, namely, a chance to give us direction? Now, what they might be doing, and I like this, is they're putting some pressure on the Supreme Court saying, hey, we're taking control of this certification of certifying electors, and we're not going to do it without direction from a higher court. And I think Mastriano was masterful in that because he's putting a little pressure on the Supreme Court saying, hey, this is your job. We need you to do it. We're following our part of the Constitution, right? We're a co-equal branch of the state governor of Pennsylvania. We have power. We're asserting it. That we, And essentially, in past legislation, I think they'd given that to the governor after the secretary of state. They're taking it back with this resolution, so it's perfectly legal to do it. That is going to be a face-melting event if that vote goes through. Mastriano sounded confident. They're rallying the different Republican leaders in the House and the state Senate. If that res, When that resolution passes, 
the media is going to interpret that as insurrection, right? Not insurrection against the country, insurrection against them. And that is fantastic. One of the things I love about Trump the most is he trolls the press because they're nauseating, they're pathetic, and they're bad at their job. They're not what they're intended to be. They're a bunch of sycophant, ass-kissing leftists who will never ask Joe Biden a tough question. So they're going to get theirs probably come Monday when Mastriano puts it together. And now the state legislature, they, they now, that body in Pennsylvania at that time will control the election for Pennsylvania. And that's going to make them really nervous. They're going to freak out. And what that's going to do is going to send a message live while Arizona's having hearings on Monday, Michigan on Tuesday. It's letting them know they can do the same thing, that they don't have to be first. I mean, think about how strong a message Mastriano is saying by not only, by sending, by not only having the hearing, but then acting on it, looking at the evidence, understanding how important it is to take control of this because it was frauded. He, he knows it. He said it. It was worse than what he'd seen in elections in Afghanistan. Those are his own words. He's not changing on that. The man believes and understands what he saw. That's just Rudy's case. We're not even getting into, into Dominion stuff. We're just looking at the evidence presented regarding USB cards being uploaded suspiciously, 100% vote dumps for Trump. They, had, they hadn't even gotten into Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, which we talked about, where there was like hundreds of thousands of votes in the 98% range for Biden. And the kicker is the libertarian candidate outperformed herself and Trump. Trump got like 3,200 votes compared to Joe Biden's, I was like 570,000. You know, it's, it's nuts. I mean, these numbers are off the chain. It's, it's crazy. It's ludicrous. We know they cheated. And everybody in the room knows it when this evidence is shared by sworn in eyewitnesses. That is going to happen again. These same people with tremendous reputations and credibility are going to testify that way in front of the Supreme Court if need be. And it better happen. I think that's got to happen because although maybe the Pennsylvania um, elected officials, right, the state senators, Mastriano might have the guts based on the evidence to make their own call. He did mention court guidance. I think these other states are going to need it. And I do think we have a favorable Supreme Court for it. And the Constitution is always clear, but it's extremely clear on elections right? The state legislators have the, they have the power to select the date, time, and manner, right? Date, time, place, and manner of elections. So manner covers mail-in ballots. If a state senator gets a vote in these state houses that they cannot certify the mail-in vote for their election, imagine, that, and that's within their right. It will be extremely unpopular. The racism label will drop on their heads like a piano from the 10th story. That's going to happen. They know it going into this. No matter what they do, they're going to be racist. You might as well, you're going to do it, do it right, really earn it, and really step up for the Constitution because that is racist, according to the left. That's coming either way. Who knows? But per the Constitution, that is the law. It is their job in these state houses. And if, if the Democrats, and they would, they take it to the Supreme Court to fight it, there's a good record on the Supreme Court upholding the election statute, right, the standard. And that's the crux of the Pennsylvania case because the state uh, um, uh, secretary of state, 
the, the a Barbara something, not in the governor's wolf, but the secretary of state's a nut. She's on the record basically saying, you know, Trump's a psychopath and evil from a few years ago. She tried to backpedal out of that. It's really over the top. She's the one that changed the law towards the end to extend the vote for Pennsylvania, votes received by mail, to go past 8 p.m. on November 3rd. That's a big no-no, right? And and that is a real problem for Pennsylvania because although the courts locally backed her in their state Supreme Court, the, the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, is not. They're not going to back it. They're, you know, and Judge Alito already ordered those ballots to be separated, right? Pennsylvania's with hit in his jurisdiction. And guess what? They didn't listen to him. Supreme Court justices are not accustomed to being ignored. You're kind of not supposed to ignore them. If you haven't heard, it's a big deal. There's nine of them. And if you have any kind of short-term memory, you'd remember that every time the restream is off the chain, it's at a high-frequency breaking glass. Anytime Trump appoints a conservative, and we've been given the pleasure to watch that meltdown, to watch that explosion three times during his glorious first term. So imagine where this is going when they start flexing, right, the Constitution. Well, that's their job. That's why they were appointed, right? And so they're originalists, they're constitutionalists. Now, now it's on because we are absolutely at the time where they need to interpret it as, as it's written. And the Democrats know they got a real problem if the Pennsylvania votes get to the Supreme Court based on constitutional uh, precedent. Because one issue with mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania is if it is proven that if any of these laws related to mail-in ballots are violated, that same law permits the mail-in ballots to be nullified, crossed out, right? There's only one way to interpret nullified. So think about it. If they can prove to the Supreme Court that the mail-in process was illegally administered, counted, whatever, then all mail-in ballots by law are tossed. I don't think it's too hard to prove that Pennsylvania cheated with their mail-in ballots. And one of the things they might get a layup on is that they didn't separate the ballots from 8 p.m. and later on November 3rd. They're, they're mixed in. From what I've read, you go back to these mail-in ballots, you cannot tell which ones arrived on November 1st, November 3rd, November 5th. So does that constitution, does that constitute a violation of the law? I'm pretty sure when a Supreme Court justice tells you to do something, the moment it leaves his lips, it's law. But either way, the Secretary of State might have made an illegal change to the law by extending it by three days. She can't do that. Neither can the courts. Constitution says it's the state legislator, the legislators. So they got problems. They don't want that case going to the Supreme Court. And I think part of why the Third Circuit appeals today, you probably saw, rejected it. A lot of speculation that they just do not want these cases, Pennsylvanians, Pennsylvania lawmakers, Pennsylvania justices, do not like how this looks. And so it's it'd be interesting to see what evidence, what new evidence can be brought to the Supreme Court. I don't think there'll be any limitations. I don't think 
anybody in the Supreme Court is going to say, well, you can't present this. This case is too big. Everything's got to be on the table. And I think it's going to be multiple states when it gets there. It doesn't need to be because they can they can rule in favor of Trump in one state and then give direction and set precedents that everyone else has to follow in their recount and their auditing, whatever. Well, which one's it going to be? Is it going to be Pennsylvania there first, Michigan? I think it might be Wisconsin. And it's going to be an interesting one because there are all kinds of illegalities being found, it sounds like. And this I mentioned this before. Wisconsin has been quiet. They started their audit days ago. They're auditing two counties on Trump's dime, right? $3 million, Milwaukee County, Dane County. Heavy blue, brought with accusations of fraud and impropriety, right? Sworn affidavits. So they got this... Um, they got this audit going and heroes like this Bob Swindell who sits on the election board made sure there was glass up, plexiglass, so they couldn't pull this nonsense of pushing the, the observers and the auditors six feet, 20 feet, 30 feet away. They didn't pull that off. Well, throughout this process the last few days, and apparently it's going to be done Sunday, so day after tomorrow, they think Milwaukee County is already done. They think Dane County where Madison, Wisconsin is going to be done Sunday. Already there have been 150 to 2,000 ballots contested and there's already been a legal action which has been accepted by a judge to challenge the legality of these ballots and when you hear about what they're talking about in the legality it's pretty incredible because um it's it's the typical you know mail-in ballots that aren't folded computer looks like they're filled out by computers um all kinds of just that you know they're calling them out one by one and it's showing a real pattern that isn't even so those 150,000 aren't I mean it's not really telling the whole story if you look at um, the bulk of it and I love this part of the case and you listen to guys like Steve Bannon and other lawyers they think it's a home run they think Wisconsin is the first one and they they talk about this being one's got to go right one falls the rest fall meaning one state the rest will go as far as these battleground states where they cheated no one's been talking about Wisconsin. We got all this legal action in Michigan, legal action in Georgia, right? We got Giuliani holding hearings in Pennsylvania. Tick, tick, tick the whole time they're going over ballots in Wisconsin. You think if they found that things were just a waste of time, that Trump had thrown his $3 million away, you wouldn't have heard about it by now? I was enjoying that silence because we know CNN and the sisters all over cable news and everybody looking to just and really manipulate the story, they would have been all over anything leaking by any of these people going through the audit and recount if they could. They would have been sharing that and it would have been all negative. They haven't had anything yet. What they have had, think about these numbers. In Milwaukee County, approximately 60,000 mail-in ballots had no written request. These written requests are unique to Michigan. When I say mail-in, I'm talking about absentee. Michigan had a nice run of Republican legislatures and they have really strict mail-in ballot laws. It's different than any other state. It might be what saves this whole thing because their mail-ins are truly only an absentee ballot. They don't have this nonsense where everybody gets a mail-in ballot. You might want four or five, fine. You know, you might be homeless now. You might've lived in California, whatever. You're here for a few minutes. Here's a mail-in ballot. They don't have that in Wisconsin. It's the traditional absentee structure where you have to send a written request. It's probably online too. But there's a record of that, right? There's a match, written request to an actual ballot. And of course, we know they weren't really checking this stuff because no matter what, absentee or mail-in, especially during COVID, Biden is heavily favored. Well, guess what they found? Of these absentee mail-ins, 60,000 in Milwaukee County, 
did not have a written request written request to match. In Dane County, same thing with 40,000 ballots. So just two counties, you have 100,000 ballots that are purely illegal. There's no matching request to the absentee ballot. It can't be counted. So what they're saying in Wisconsin is it could be the first state, not only to drop, but in a simple way, not having to go to the state house, the legislators for some kind of power play to take over the electors, they might just throw out 100,000 votes, right? These are heavy Biden votes. Trump wins, right? They haven't certified yet. So you, you basically say, oh, we have this many illegal votes. Okay, well, based on the count then with those being illegal, that changed it. Trump wins by 30,000. Welcome to the jungle, ladies and gentlemen, because people will burn in place. You'll be sitting next to somebody anywhere you might be in public if it's allowed, or you might be on a Zoom call, and if you see a leftist glance away and see their phone or their TV, and that news comes across that there are votes thrown out in Wisconsin to the tune of 100,000 or more, and their recertification is going to give the state to Trump, you'll see hair literally fall out. So enjoy it. I'm not saying this to warn you to be afraid. Just brace yourself because you don't want to look like you're enjoying it. It's going to be hard. Right when they when they break over Wisconsin, they're going to realize they know nothing. Right, they're going to realize that hiding is a bad strategy. Hiding from information and ignorance is not always bliss. Wisconsin, I think, might be the first state to go, and it might be the one that rules them all because it's going to wreck these people. And be ready though; the fight's going to get nasty. Then it's going to go from this pretend civility nonsense and call for unity. Back to knives and guns. It's going to be ugly. Alyssa Milano is already kind of done with that. Wait till she, she, you see what she writes about you if Wisconsin flips over 100,000 votes getting thrown out. Oh, my Lord. And it's going to have a ripple effect just like what they did in Pennsylvania with the hearings already has. Right? It is the thing I, I love to say. And I don't know if I've said it on the show yet, but courage is contagious. And I heard it again on Bannon's show today. It is what Mastriano did, right, in that hearing is truly courageous, but he's not a stranger to courage. He's a 31-year Army combat vet. This guy's the man. He's a battle planner, too. You look at what Bob Swindell did on a live Zoom hearing for the Wisconsin electors that maybe has 50 people on when they normally do it, had 300,000 people watching. And Bob flexed. He knew the rules and he knew what they were doing. That was the one I talked about where they were trying to change the manual after the fact. And he put a stop to it. Without him, the audit happening in Wisconsin right now does not go the way it went. And there are not thousands of ballots being pulled because there are people that don't have the ability to get into the data and ask the questions they need to in an audit. So you owe Bob Swindell a big thank you now and especially if we get action out of Wisconsin that we think we might get. Because there's a case, right? There is an absolute case. Um, and apparently in total, that 100,000 is just a piece of it. It's up to 200,000 total ballots being challenged in Wisconsin in those two counties. So be excited about that. Be cautious. You never know what, what court's going to do in the, in, you know, in the Wisconsin Supreme Court, for instance. But it doesn't matter because it's going to the Supreme Court of the United States. And that's where we want it. We want it to be because when the case is is heard and witnesses are heard we need a definitive answer from the strongest legal ruling body on the planet right you have to see um 
you have to see a judgment, and it has to be, from what I understand, it can be anonymous, unanimous, right? That they kind of collude. If it's going to be five to four, the Chief Justice John Roberts can actually lobby them and say, hey, let's let's do it 9-0, send a message, eliminate the idea of it being partisan. I'm telling you, as we get closer to that day, you're going to see the panic and the and the hate really boil over. I mean, there are more and more accusations coming, right? So although these court cases are being filed, the Trump team is gathering more and more. I mean, there are now counterfeit ballot discussions and, and testimony, which makes sense. If you know somebody who works in a business where paper, whether it's currency or someone I know was in, was in the airline ticket security business back in the day when all tickets were paper. The company was called ARC. They're responsible for securing the airline tickets and uh, combating fraud on behalf of that company. When I say fraud, I mean they would people would print, work with travel agents. Some of them be crooked. They'd print fake airline tickets and actually book the ticket, sell you know like round trip first class to Australia for a few hundred bucks. I mean they're stealing from the airlines. It was a real problem, and they would counterfeit the tickets, especially. Early on, from what I understand, when people weren't hip to the different paper, because those airline tickets required special paper. Before that, they were close enough, and they would counterfeit. The Chinese were good at this. They print out airline tickets on similar paper, and, and the folks taking your ticket at the gate just wouldn't notice. Once that became, a, a, people became aware of it, then they were robbing the airline ticket paper. But not to get too far off topic, if they can counterfeit airline tickets, they can counterfeit generic ballots. And it makes sense when you hear about these late night. And this is the, the biggest thing that stands out to any rational human being. Why in the hell did they stop counting in just these key swing state cities? And they've never done it before. And then you hear people talking about ballots coming in out of nowhere that were not full, you know, creased and never been handled. It makes sense that there were some counterfeit ballots in the mix. And if they could do it right, the machines aren't going to know any different, paper or not, right? You've got the right barcodes. Well, they've got one person at least, and she says there's more that would have testified that she says there was different ink, like darkness and tone on these watermarks and they looked different and she reported it and she was told to basically ignore it, that they were counting ballots that just had a different ink impression. It looked off and they were not, they were ballots that looked like they'd never been handled. that supposedly come from a precinct in a truck and, you know, had been tabulated and, and sorted and mailed and they never, they barely had a fold in them. So that's something to think. I mean, it's just, this is new. This is, it's just like Sidney Powell said, it's like a fire hose. And they absolutely do not care how bad they cheated. They couldn't allow Trump to win. And, and there's still a chance they pull this off. The one thing, no matter how good the evidence is, you worry about Sidney Powell's case just being too difficult to prove and being a distraction. Is it enough to be a distraction from the Supreme Court? I don't think so. Would they be too cowardly? to make such a ruling as to be perceived in changing an election. Well, I'm sorry, that's their job. If the greatest crime in the history of not only the United States, but mankind has been perpetrated on us, justice has to have a heavy hand and can't be afraid of the reaction, especially the short-term one. But really interesting from CNN, and we can we could close with this. I'll, I'll have more for tomorrow's show, and I'll do it early in the day. I'm not traveling anymore. I'm back in my, quote, studio. But CNN has tweeted and shared on whatever programs they have 
they break it down. The GOP controls state legislatures in key swing states. Legislatures convinced of fraud can send their own electors or none at all, right? None would mean Biden or nobody would get the votes. Their own would mean Republican would get Trump. If they don't send them at all, which might be a happy medium, they say, hey, we don't know it. We just know it was a fraudulent election. If three of them do that, three of these swing states decide not to send electors, yeah, it doesn't give Trump enough, but it takes Biden below 270. Doesn't matter how, you, how many you have if you don't have 270. Then it goes to the state delegation in the House. Yeah, it's the House of Representatives, but it doesn't matter who controls it. Based on these state delegations, Trump wins 26 to 23, right? So that is an outcome that reelects Donald Trump. You saw that play in Pennsylvania on Wednesday. That's where Rudy seems to be focusing. If he can reproduce Pennsylvania in a couple more states, he's already got three hearings scheduled. He's got Arizona, Michigan, and Nevada scheduled. There's a lot of pressure going to Georgia to schedule a similar hearing because they control that state legislature as well. Trump's going there next Saturday. There's a big rally tomorrow, right? So it's the 27th. Tomorrow, November 28th, there's a big rally. Next week, I believe that's the 5th. Trump's going to be there for a rally. So big pressure on Georgia. The first step is to get them to do an audit like they did in Wisconsin. I think everybody in Georgia, like people I think knew in Wisconsin, everybody knows in Georgia that they won't hold up to that audit. And even though it's a Republican in charge, it's his watch, right? I don't think anyone's getting reelected if their state can't certify a vote, right? If you can't, according to, you know, to use General Mas- or, yeah, General or Colonel Mastriano's words, the state center in Pennsylvania, if you can't run an election better than Afghanistan, you got a problem. And so that's part of this. There's a lot of protectionism going on right now. Regardless of party affiliation, these people are afraid of accountability. They're afraid of what they allowed to happen under their watch. And it's fantastic to see them squirm. It's annoying because, unfortunately, the squirming buys them time. And Trump's running out of time a little bit. I, I still think December, I mean, December 14th is the date. And if you, you know, if you prove your case well enough, even in these individual state legislature hearings, I don't see these Republican legislators saying, you know what, that's compelling evidence. It's chilling evidence, but we're still going to certify the election as is. I just don't see it happening. Without a court's guidance, I don't see them giving the electors and saying, going past that and saying, not only are we not going to certify the way this fraudulent vote is, we're going to send the electors for Trump. That's a big daddy statement there to make, and they're going to need the Supreme Court to give them guidance and say that is the constitutional thing to do based on the evidence that the Supreme Court says stays sees. I think Giuliani's seen that that is difficult. He's, there, there's already a Newsmax that says Giuliani, Team Trump, looking past election lawsuits to state houses. Rudy Giuliani says he and his associates contesting election results on behalf of President Donald Trump will be lobbying state legislatures in key states to assert their authority in determining the electors for the Electoral College in addition to their legal challenges because they don't have a lot of time. There it is, right? This is a pretty new article. I'm trying to stay on these things as it goes, and I had to let as much day go by because the news is changing moment to moment. As soon as the holiday was over, right, as soon as we got through Thanksgiving, it just started heating up again. So he's worried or at least concerned, and it's brilliant, right? It's They're working in parallel and not putting their eggs in one basket, not leaning on and completely relying on the Supreme Court path. I think it's smart. I think 
if you have all this evidence, why just present it to a bunch of judges? Or why, just, why try to when you're getting hammered by judges that don't even want to deal with it? They don't want to see the case. So they're just getting through it. Yeah, I think he's going to get to the Supreme Court. But what's the case going to look like? What evidence is he going to have or be allowed to present? I mean, it's just one court. Is he going to have a full day, two days? Who knows? Why, why rely on that only? It's brilliant, right? You can go to these state leaders. You have Republicans, right, per the will of the people, running you know, in the majority in these state legislatures. Go to your leaders and show them the evidence. These are Republicans. Who knows where they stand on Trump? You never know anymore. Mastriano is clearly a big-time nationalist populist like I am, like Trump is. He's all about America first. He's all about Trump's mission, everything. He's on board. Is it the case in Arizona? I don't know. We'll know Monday who these people are. I mean, really, when I say who they are, we can look them up. But we're going to know who they are by their opening statements, right? The top guy in Arizona, like the guy in Pennsylvania, the top guy in Arizona is going to give an opening statement. Is he going to be where Mastriano is, having looked at the evidence and basically say, hey, we need to confirm or deny this? I don't know as much about Arizona. There's allegations. We got to hear the witnesses. Same thing in Michigan, which will be Tuesday. A couple days later, we'll have Nevada. It's going to be a massive week next week. I will do at a minimum one show a day. I'll probably have an update. You know, no travel for me. It'll be a lot easier. Um, I'll have it put together better than I have. I, I don't know how it's been. It's coming in literally like a fire hose, and I'm trying to filter out some of the nonsense. There is some. There's There are people getting over their skis and predictions. It is still a long shot, guys. This is a huge deal. I mean, it is a massive thing for our country to acknowledge that an election was stolen and that it can be stolen. And now you're adding allegations of foreign interference. Even though it shouldn't be shocking, it's going to be. And, and there have been congressional leaders going back over a decade highlighting that this can happen. You have a CNN story from two years ago on TV, an editorial talking about how these systems can be hacked. And they had a room full of computer scientists as an experiment with a bunch of these voting systems. It took these guys like two hours to come up with a way to break into these things. I mean, to me, if Sidney Powell proves there's an outside connection on the internet, she's good because that's, that's a violation. But what will these legal bodies do? What will these state legislatures do with the evidence? right? Will they take the step they have to? Pennsylvania started it. We need that one and we need Wisconsin. I mean, fingers crossed, say your prayers. Somebody's got to be bold enough to acknowledge the obvious that at least 100,000 of those votes were illegal, those absentee ballots. It's ridiculous. We know it was cheating. There's no signature, no request. You have to request them. So hopes are hopes are high. Um, the strategy is, is strong. I, I still have tremendous faith in Rudy Giuliani and this team. If you listen to Newsmax throughout the day, you'll hear different lawyers that are working with these guys, Joe, Joe DeGeneva, of course, Jenna Ellis. I mean, it's not just Sidney Powell. It's not just Lynn Wood. These guys are heavy hitters and they aren't stopping. God love them. They're working 24-7. They didn't have a holiday. They didn't have a turkey dinner. They're not, they're working right now, right? It's almost 10 p.m. Pacific and these guys are are doing the work and they're going to work through the weekend and they're doing it for you and me and they're doing it for Donald Trump. So they're wonderful. God love them. Prayers with them, support with them. If you can donate money to these efforts, please do. I have and uh, tune in tomorrow. I'll have one up probably 12 hours from now, updating you on more of what I've talked about, something new probably. 
Um, and anything I might have missed, I'll look over my notes, something I might have missed from these legal filings. But look at the look at the Michigan one and the, and the uh, Georgia one from uh, Sidney Powell. Read through the broad strokes. It's strong. Get past some of the spelling issues. It's not relevant. Don't let anyone tell you it is. And keep the faith. Have a great weekend. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we're able to spend time with your family and, and dodge the, the COVID police if you're in one of those horrifying blue states living behind communist lines under people like Gavin Newsom and Mario Cuomo or that clown from New Jersey. God love you if you do, and I hope you're able to have a great holiday. And we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening. Take care.